Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I am your host, Tyler. I am going to hedge my bets, and I'm going to say that I am your slightly better than last week co-host, too. <laughs> that's funny. We'll see. That's, that's where we're at in the world right now. RWD is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into that void. No, not again! About Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. Come We're all us. alive still. Come at us. I mean, you can't prove it, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, we might be not alive. I know. Who knows? Fingers crossed, right? This is kind of like when you send messages into space, and then they yeah. send a message back. Yeah. Well, the void has been, you know, good to us so far. We uh, I watched uh, what was that? The Midnight Sky recently. I don't know what that is. It's a it's a Netflix movie with George Clooney, End of the World, astronauts coming to Earth, but he tries to warn them not to, and you know, blah blah blah. Is that new? It is new. Hmm. It was it. it was good. Did you watch Wonder Woman yet? I did. I watched it on uh, Christmas. Was it good? No. No, it was not. <laughs> no. No, it was, I have not watched it, was it yet. Pretty bad, actually. Ter- is that one person supposed to be Catwoman? No, not Catwoman. What no, is she? Cheetah. They're, they're, oh, Cheetah. Cheetah is one of yeah Wonder Woman's biggest nemeses. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know. But yeah, they did a terrible job with with Cheetah and ge- the general pacing of the story. Like it, it went from it went from like, eh, to whoa, and then. Eh, and yeah, just it, and then it just ended. Like, it, yeah, no, it was. You're saying uh, that Kristen Wiig wasn't the best villain in a movie? You know, she was actually probably one of the better parts of the movie up until the cheetah scene. Ah, yeah. Like, I actually understood her character and her character's motivations. I, her, I got. My biggest issue, and I actually, I, I, I don't. It's been out. If you're, if, yeah, no, it has been. Spoilers out for Wonder Woman. Spoilers, spoilers. Yes. Um, but it's not. It's a spoiler, but it isn't a spoiler. We all know from the previews and the trailers and whatnot that uh, her love interest, Steve Trevor's back. Chris Pine's alive. Yeah, Chris Pine is alive. But the way they do it is terrible, and honestly, in this day and age, truly offensive. So, really, I, like I don't know if you want me to say anymore. Yeah, spoiler for Wonder Woman still. He doesn't actually come back. His soul inhabits a person's body. What? And so you see Chris Pine because that's how Wonder Woman sees him. What? But it's not actually Chris Pine's body. He's just in another person's body, using it as he sees fit, putting it into dangerous situations. And Wonder Woman is essentially raping a dude that is unconscious. What? Yeah. No. 100%. What? Yeah. That's fucking wild. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very offensive and terrible, especially in this day and age. That is fucking wild. Yep. I, I hard, don't know how to feel about that. I had a hard time reconciling that for a while. Oh my god. Like you watch the movie and everything like they're all happy and shit and you're like, "Oh, I see Chris Pine, so I'm fine with it." But then at the end when it's not Chris Pine, you're like, "That dude hasn't been Chris Pine at all." Oh my god! I'm not okay with that. Yeah, no, a lot of just like a narrative version and an ethical one. Yeah. Oof, I don't like that at all. Yeah, unpleasant. 
Anyways, Dungeons and Dragons. That's what we're talking Hi, about. Hi, we're show. talking about Dungeons and Dragons. I hope you've skipped to this part. We'll put a little clap marker or something there. I don't know. We'll figure nope, it out. Fuck it. Uh, we're going to finish our journey about Tasha's subclasses today. We're there. We've made it, guys. To the well Wizard. Mm. And then we're just going to bullshit about the rest of the stuff in Tasha's. Some of, of stuff which is said. good, most of which is not. I will say that at one point, I do have a note somewhere in this 40-minute conversation that I just put terrible, fucking terrible. So we'll see where that comes up. I bet you I know where it is. I bet you have the same one. Let's go. The Wizard. Remember, before we talk about the wizard, I want to remind everybody that a wizard is not made through their subclass. A wizard is made through their spell choices and their cantrip choices. Because a wizard, as a basic class, essentially gets a bunch of class features through ritual casting of spells. Because they can cast essentially anything as a ritual, right? Then they can pretty much get any spell. So that that's where the bulk of a wizard comes from. I would I would argue that the spell class is less important to the wizard than it is to most other classes. I wouldn't argue that. Now, let's get into it. Their optional class features begin with additional wizard spells, as you do, which is fine. <laughs> I don't like the divine spells on this list. Um, Augury, divination, the things that literally have yeah. divine tags because they're not actual arcane spells. Well, divination wizards are a thing. I know, but I feel like... It's okay for that, like, one small subclass, but I don't like it Like, for... divination makes sense, but Augury is communi communicating with a deity, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I just, I don't oh, like no, it. Oh, no, Augury can be, like, rolling stones and stuff. Sure. I just I don't like it. It's fine. Okay. It's, it's a small it's a small dislike. Very, very okay. small. Otherwise, all of them make sense, and they're fine. Now, their additional uh, optional feature is third-level cantrip formulas. We're, we're just going to skip past this one. No, we're not. Yeah, we are. No, we're not. You have scribed a set of arcane formulas in your spellbook that you can use to formulate a cantrip in your mind. When you finish a long rest and you consult your book, you can replace one wizard cantrip you know with another cantrip from the wizard spell. Yeah. I mean, it's just at first. It's, it's, this is the end of the line for this horse. We've killed it. We beat it. We brought it back to life. We killed it. We beat it. We brought it back to life. It is dead now. We have buried it. And now like, I feel like we're pissing on the grave. I would like to say one thing about this version. Go get them. They wrote it in a way that makes sense. Oh, okay. Go ahead. You write, you have scribed a set of arcane formulas in your book, mm -hmm. right? So essentially you've written like kind of shorthand for all cantrips. Okay. And every day you essentially go, okay, I'm, I'm, I got to remember the formula for this one. Okay. So I, I, th finally, after all these classes, they've kind of rationalized cantrip versatility so all i have to do is rip that page out and i'm good right I can just take right, that i'm not saying it's perfect i'm just saying they it took them this entire time to rationalize versatility whatever yeah okay arcane traditions second level blade singing we already know it's been printed i think two other times and really i i, I know it was in the sword coast i thought it was in a different book as well isn't it different than sword one. coast no, I think it's got training and war and song, blade song, extra attack song. You know, it's got all the same shit. Blade. Like there might be something worded differently, but I'm pretty sure it's all the same shit as always. 
Blade singing appeared. I don't know. This says sources, Tasha's College of Everything. I don't. I mean, I'm going to go through it quick. Okay. Because it's not good anyways. I, I like it, but... Level two. Proficiency with light armor and one weapon of your choice. Yeah. Only one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the one you're going to use. Level two. Blade and, uh, You also get proficiency in the performance skill. Okay. You can use your bonus action to start the blade song, which lasts a minute. Mm-hmm. Which gives you a bonus to your AC equal to your intelligence. Mm -hmm. Increases your walking speed by 10. Mm -hmm. Advantage on acrobatics checks. Mm -hmm. Bonus to con saving throws for concentration equal to your intelligence modifier. Mm -hmm. What do you think? It's, it's a nice ability, especially a low-level ability. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, I like it. it. It flies a little bit in the face of... You know, if I'm a... I don't really... You know, if I'm a wizard, hopefully I'm not needing the ac bonus but so, it is kind of built as a if you take damage this is going to help you this entire subclass is built around the idea of saying fuck being a wizard i want to stab something which makes no fucking sense and yet it's been reprinted many times it i yeah i don't think this class is good I think that it's good if you want to be a martial character with a little spell casting. This is a thing that you take, you know, two levels of and then you become a fighter for the rest of it. Because you don't Blade Song doesn't give you a bonus to hit points. No. So, okay, great. My AC went up by 3 or 4. That's mm -hmm. that's pretty big, yeah. especially considering I'm wearing light armor. Now I've got legitimate armor class. I can maintain my spells, right? Because my con saving throw for spells went up by three or four. But if I get fucking hit in the face, I'm still down. Yeah. My HP is still trash. Now, at the same time, you know, obviously any spellcaster who has spells to protect them, you know, the shield spell and such. So it's not like, you know, you're totally fucked in, up in the front lines. But all you I did may... was increase your risk. Yeah. For very little reward. Well... I, that I reward made... being extra attack at level six. I mean, yeah. Th this... Again, I feel like we've talked about this, but yes, yeah, extra, you get extra attack, song of defense, song of good. I like being able to replace an attack with a cantrip. That's the only reason I wanted to mention this. Mm -hmm. At 10th level, you can use your reaction to reduce damage you take by a very small amount. Uh, five times the spell slots. Also, if you use a ninth level spell, you can... You know, get rid of 45 points of damage. At 10th level, you don't have 9th level. I'm just saying, eventually, though. Eventually, eventually, good, yes. Um, even even if you trade in a 5th level spell, still 25 points of damage you're negating. And at level 14, you can use your intelligence modifier to add to your melee weapon attacks while your blade song is active. That's the shitty part. It's Not... only when your blade song is active. Yep, for one minute, which in theory, your blade song should be active anytime you're in a fight. Yes, but again, like, like a none, barbarian raging. None of these abilities have increased my hit points. I just got a little bit more defense. Yes, that I have to spend my spells to do, mm -hmm. which I don't want to do. I'm a wizard because I wanted to cast spells, right? Or, or you're a wizard because you wanted blade singing. That's the entire reason you took. I yeah. just feel like if I wanted to be up there cutting shit, I would have been somebody that did that. I wouldn't have been a wizard. If I wanted it's, to be something that cast spells, I'd be a blade wizard. Blade singing is not a pure... Like, no one goes 20th level blade singer. No one. I don't think anyone makes it to 14th level blade singing. Like, you might make it to... Make it to you might make it to 6th, is what I'm saying, at most. I would probably go 2 and stop. 
and just, yeah. I would get I would get my blade song and then go on to being a fighter or a ranger. But what? But, the, but like, what other classes of high intelligence? Fighter. Like I'm not, am I wasting I, my high intelligence? Go fighter, eldritch knight. I mean, maybe I could be a rogue. Go artificer, battlesmith. Oh wait, no, that's. Oh yeah, and yeah, then, artificer. And then, as a battlesmith, you get to use your intelligence modifier for attack rolls on damage and on weapon attack and damage rolls. I think the artificer. I think you found it. Blade song yeah. dip for this yeah. for the artificer. Okay, yeah. all right. Let's get to the real. Yeah, now real th- this here. this is the one we came for. The order of the scribs. Order of the scribs. Are you sure it's not scribs? Uh, there is an e, so it would be scribes. Are you sure? Yes, unless I'm just English has changed, in which case it may have. Now let's let's talk about that wizardly QL. They get a pencil. They get, in all fairness, an erasable pencil. Yeah, I was going to write erasable pen originally, but it's That's erasable it. pens aren't really erasable. It's a pencil. It's a pencil. Yeah. Now the time you must spend to copy a spell into your spellbook with the pencil, two minutes per spell level, if you use the quill. It's pretty cool, and you can do it in any color you want. Now, <clears throat> here's my uh, problem. It didn't reduce the fucking monetary cost. They get to that. But at level two, okay, great. I can spend a fraction of the time writing it. It's How still going to bankrupt me. How many second-level wizards are copying, copying spells at all? Oh, oh, in order of the scribes wizard? It should be every single one of them. Uh, they're writing other shit than just spells. I all about that written word, my friend. I'm I'm just saying, you know, I at, at second level, I'm not a finding a lot of just scrolls sitting about. I definitely don't have the money to buy a bunch of scrolls, so it's not like I'm writing a ton at this level. I mean, that's true. So right now, we're you're waiting on that ability. Yes, but you Awakens- can still write in any color you want. <laughs> I hear, I don't know why you like that so much. Because Awaken spellbook flavor. No, it's stupid. I don't like it. I'm just. Kidding. I'm trying. I wrote in my notes for the Awakened Spellbook that it basically does nothing except give you one normal casting speed ritual per day. That is actually... Uh, that was my last note. Uh, much like we just talked about last episode, it, the ability to interchange spell types with spells that you know, much like transmuted spell. I think it's I think it's helpful in the same way that for the sorcerer, transmuted spell is helpful. If, you're, if you want to really cast that fireball... But you know the guy you're going against is a fucking lava monster. Then just, you know, you you know lightning bolts. So just cast fireball with lightning damage. I mean, I would have picked cold damage for the lava monster, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, you have to do it. It has to be the same spell slot, right? Um, uh, another spell of the, in your spell book. Must be of the same level oh, as the spell slot you expend. So, yeah. So, I don't know any third level cold spells. Well, now we're going on a journey. <laughs> I, I, just off the top of my head, I knew Lightning Bolt, so that was the one that came to my mind. For for third level? Yeah. Well, I'm going to quick do third level damage type cold filter results. Make sure you select wizard. Uh, I'll select wizard. What do you got for us? Glyph of Warding. I know. I think you have to cast a cold spell into that to make it. Yeah, I, I was going to say that doesn't think that's right. Um, spirit shroud. I don't know spirit shroud. Call for spirits of the dead. They surround you. Any attack you make deals one d eight extra damage. When you hit a creature, the damage is radiant, necrotic, or cold. 
Okay, well, that would count. I guess if I wrote that down. Yeah. So, yeah, that that was why I said it didn't feel very useful, because that limitation is pretty severe. So, but at second at level... At second level, you don't have a lot of spell spells Exactly. To it's going to be more helpful down the road, and I think that's why they make the spellbook itself better down the road. Um, but you can cast a wizard spell as a ritual one time a day that doesn't take 10 minutes. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. That's actually really cool, because, again, it, it kind of, like, gives you a class ability... From that's any spell that mm-hmm. you can cast as a ritual, yeah. so I like that a lot. You know, at that level, would be detect magic, identify, comprehend languages, things like that. Sixth level, you can conjure. Wait, I wrote manifest mega mind. I don't know why I wrote that. No, I, I no, I totally understand what you're saying, because it's the spirit of the book, and it says one of the things could be a like ghostly bluish scholar. Megamind. It's mega mind. Mind. Yeah. You can cast spells through the book if the book is floating somewhere else because you can make it float somewhere else. Yep. Otherwise, it's a tiny lantern that gives you weird dark vision. So I don't think it's casting it from the book's place. It says you can cast it from where you, the uh, thing that you made, the ghostly tome or the scholar from the past, whatever that, the Megamind. Or the Megamind is you can cast from that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, not from the book. You're holding the book still. Oh, you're... Yeah, yeah, the thing you create. Yeah, yeah, you can you can essentially cast through a familiar that has been summoned by the book. Exactly, it's like this is a week six level ability. This is just a familiar, right? It is a familiar with the only benefit that it can go around a corner and you can see through it for sixty feet. Can't Dark you, vision. Can't you do the familiar? Oh, they. I guess... uh, no warlock things. You Wait, can't. Uh... Don't any familiar? Can't you just? Zone out, see through the creature's eyes, and if that creature has dark vision, you can see through it. You know, I'm not familiar enough with that. Pun no. intended. I think yes. you're right, though. So yeah, I, it, this this feels like a very weak six level ability. Like, so you can cast through it if it's a familiar. Uh, the trickery do, uh, domain duplicate also has that same ability, and that's a lower level ability. Like, and someone can dispel magic it. Yeah. Kind of sucks. Yeah, it, I, it's a little underwhelming. I would agree, but this this is the point where I wrote my original note that wizards are not built through their subclass. Completely features. agreed. Yeah, this is it's a fun. It's definitely fun flavor. Like if I'm gonna have a familiar, I like the idea of this ghostly scholar dude just following the group around. I love yes. that. That's and fun. a familiar makes all of my spells suddenly m- way more complicated. Just right. What, if just my, what we if need. my spell is a touch spell and my familiar yeah. can cast it. Suddenly that spell has range, you know? You could theoretically have a familiar and a ghostly dude. And they high five. Yeah. Level 10. Whenever you finish a long rest, you can create a scroll. A book, a spell from your book is copied onto that scroll. Chosen spell must be first or second level. Must have the casting time of one action. Mm -hmm. The spell is enhanced, counting as one level higher than normal. Empowered, yes. And you can cast from the scroll by reading it as an action, unintelligible to anyone else. I like that ability a lot. Yes, I, I very much like that ability. I would just be throwing down second level like magic missiles or some shit all day. You, you know, can so, like guaranteed hit kind of shit. Essentially, gives you another spell slot exactly for low level spells, and they're empowered. And I didn't see anywhere, and maybe I miss it. I don't see anywhere where it says that spell scroll expires. Oh, no, when it finished your next long rest. I only read the part where when you cast it. Fuck. Well, yeah. Okay, so it's one more spell slot a day. Throw it's, a shatter in there or something. Right. 
which is still it's it's fine. You see, basically, this level ten ability says you gain additional spell slot of first or second level, yep. and that spell is treated as one level higher. Yeah, that's a fine ability. Yeah, but now you're adapted crafting spell scrolls. The gold and time you must spend to make such scrolls is halved. There you go. When you're actually starting to do that shit. Right. But again, this isn't copying spells into your spellbook. Yeah. This is making scrolls. Yeah. So my pencil in my spellbook still cost me 50 gold per level. 50 gold. Mm-hmm. That's not a small amount of gold. So small. <laughs> so I think this was an attempt to get people to start making and using scrolls. Because nobody does. No one uses scrolls. Wizards should be using scrolls. So this is this is them saying, okay, wizard, start making scrolls. You can have so many more spells if you have scrolls. Yes. Right? Yeah. If I was this guy, I would be... Any downtime, I'm trying to craft a fucking scroll because I want to expand how many spells I can cast per day. I feel like... I don't remember everything that goes into crafting spell scrolls, but I feel like the problem is the downtime component of it. And I think that... It makes more sense in like uh, an Adventures League setting where you have forced downtime between shit. But other than that, like your group doesn't want to sit there for five days while you make a scroll. Correct. Yeah, I don't really, I don't remember the, the rules on creating magic items. It's still not going to be short. So, but it doesn't have to be in one time though for that. Yeah. So I could, I would be making a scroll whenever I could. Now, level 14, one with the word. One with the word. Ah. You are really connected to your book. Mm. Advantage on Arcana checks because uh, it helps you remember shit. Yep. But here's the, here's the ability. If you take damage while your spell book is manifested, you can prevent all of that damage to you mm-hmm. by using your reaction to dismiss Megamind using the magic to save yourself. Then you roll 3d6. Mm-hmm. Spellbook temporarily loses spells of your choice that have a combined spell level equal to that roll or higher. Mm-hmm. If there aren't enough spells in the book to cover this cost, you drop to zero hit points. Just doesn't work. You die. And until you finish 1d6 long rest, you can't cast the lost spells, even if you find them somewhere else. Yep. I don't know if this is good. I don't think it is. Terrible. Fucking right? terrible. Yeah. Is, is the note that I put for okay. this. Okay. This is this is truly a desperation ability. You're yeah. about to fucking die because of this damage that you're taking. So you're willing to sacrifice on average 10 to 12 levels of spells. Right. Or 1d6 long rests. So if you're in a bad place and you know you're gonna be fighting for a while, you're probably not gonna have whatever spells you're giving up. Yeah. And this and that makes multiple uses of this ability really bad. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if I use this two days in a row, well, you I can't. Am... You can't. Why you not? Know, you can only use it once, and then you have to finish what? Oh no, you get the spells back after. So yeah, okay. If I use this today and I want to use it again tomorrow, suddenly I'm losing. Oh my god, six d sixes of spells. Oh. See, and I just... one of them comes back at one rate of time. The other comes back at a different rate of time. That I have to keep track of. First of all. Oh my god! My brain, when I first read this, just processed that I get my shit back in one to six days. I didn't even think about using it in back-to-back days and the torment that I would put myself through doing that. Unless I somehow rolled like on the first day, I rolled three, and the second day I rolled two, so it all comes back at the same time. Well, you can't roll two; it's three to six. 
No, the the one d six long rests. I mean. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Right. So that if I got lucky and they came back at the same time, that'd be great. Oh man. I know. I don't. I was looking. I was reading this. My mind is trying to wrap around it. Like that's not can't possibly be good, right? And I I'm glad you said terrible fucking terrible because it's because so there's other abilities where people just you know either avoid death um or just you know bounce back after dying like uh this reminded me a little bit of the wildfire druid that gives up their spirit to bounce back after they fall to zero but they don't lose a bunch of fucking spell slots on top of it they just lose their friend for until they bring it back i mean for fuck's sake (laughs) it is i know every barbarian ever who doesn't die no no i'm sorry not barbarian every orc half orc who doesn't yeah half orc who doesn't die yeah. is laughing at this yeah oh oh i i just took 90 damage but now i'm at one instead of zero suck it yeah like i don't know i don't know how i rate this class overall but this feels like a really weird 14th level ability this this in my opinion when i was reading it and now that i really am comprehending what i was reading this doesn't feel necessarily like a class it actually kind of feels like a job <laughs> it yeah. feels like a background or some shit it kind of does it kind of does this doesn't feel like somebody who's going on adventures this is not an adventurer in any yeah. way yeah this is somebody that can spend 1d6 long rests recuperating and getting their shit back before they have to do something else i would agree i think that's the summary of this they are not an adventurer no not in any way no. like no part of this class says i'm going out and fighting shit day after day after day no, not Megamind, not the pencil, not the scrolls. This is a dude that sits at home and makes scrolls and makes a ton of money off them, I and guess. And talks to his Megamind. Yeah. That's his only friend, actually. So, yeah, I was not, I wasn't impressed with this subclass to begin with, but now it's, it's gotten worse somehow. <laughs> not impressed. Okay. But it could be a lot of fun just for flavor. Like, I think this would make a great NPC. Yeah, these abilities, if I told you that the NPC is using these abilities, you'd be like, that's cool. Yeah, like if I just said, oh, there's this ghostly scholar that keeps like reminding this dude about random arcane facts. Yeah, you'd love it. I'd be like, oh shit, that's fun. That guy's sick as fuck. Right, I agree. He's just, an you see him and his he's got a fucking quill and like the ink just keeps changing and you know you, you, you look at it oh make a percept check well it seems like he's writing evocation spells in pink and he's writing divination spells in blue and it's just like that that's fun even from a flavor standpoint oh you 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 shoot the wizard with sneak attack you know whatever you do his spectral mega mind <laughs> leaps in, the in way. front of it <laughs> and takes the damage and you watch as text vanishes from his spell book that he's holding Instead of killing him. Yeah. That's cool. That is very cool. But it's just, you know, then you do it again to the guy and he's down. <laughs> but as a PC, you're wasting, not wasting, you're spending a ton of time writing scrolls because that's what this class does. And, you know, you're waiting for that day that you have to sacrifice your fucking scholar. I mean, now I can make scroll merchants in towns that yes. can actually pump scrolls out. So. Yes, they can. Okay. Second half of the show today will be about everything else. It's it's going to be a wild ride. Okay. We will be right back. Hello. Hey. 
Oh, what are you? Fancy meeting you here. I did, I, you know, I don't, I don't come here often, but I will now. So you're new to these parts? Uh, you know, the void is expansive and I get lost from time to time, but it's good to be here. Hey, you know, I grew up around here, but, uh, <clears throat> I moved out to go to college and now I'm back to the void because I'm living in my parents' basement in the void. Ah, ah, the void of your parents' basement. That's the worst. No, I think all parents' basements are connected to the void. Ooh, a shared void. Yeah. So that everyone that is alone doesn't feel so lonely. Yeah, but now it's really hard to go on dates because people don't want to come back to the void, you know? Uh, um. Well, I mean, there's a bunch of other people there, so it's kind of weird. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> For those listening, I own a home. I don't live in a basement. <laughs> I, I also do not live in a basement. I'm actually a floor above ground. That's so. true. You're above, above ground. Yeah. Um, okay, second half of the show today, and the last, I think, for a while, Tasha's discussion, some of you are sad, some of you are relieved, is just everything else in I the book. I don't want to look at it anymore. But, I don't want to look at it anymore either. But I will tomorrow, because my character tomorrow is based out of Tasha's, so... Uh, so there's lots of things. Feats, magic items, tattoos, patrons, puzzles. Some of it we're not even going to talk about. Like, so, I don't yeah. need to talk about why I use puzzles. As a precursor to what we're about to get into. Go ahead. This book was designed, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people would agree with me, for two very specific purposes. One, to give PCs an abundance of new options to keep them entertained, which it does. It gives them a ton of shit to work through. They're, I'm not going to play 120th of all the shit in this game, especially in this book. So, you know, a lot to do. And I think, and we'll talk about it more here in just a minute, this book gives new DMs all of the remaining tools that they need to craft a basic storyline. Like, we don't even need to talk about group patrons because what fucking D&D game doesn't have somebody that gives people quests in the fucking higher-up roles? They all do. Everyone, That's how D&D works. That's how any storytelling system works. Right. Um, you know, we don't need to talk really about sidekicks because sidekicks are just NPCs. They have a different name. They have different stories, maybe, but ultimately, any DM that's been doing this for a while has used NPCs in various and sundry circumstances. Sometimes those NPCs go with the group to do things. It's not you don't you don't need an entire segment on us talking about them for you to figure it out. It's not hard. You'll get there. So I think what we're going to focus on are some new things that are of interest, but ultimately this is going to be a very big crash course and we probably won't go too deep on anything. I agree because there's a lot to go into, first of all, and I don't want to. There it is. <laughs> we Starting will talk about feats. Feats. Now, there's a lot of feats here. Uh, five, ten, about 15. Did I get all of them? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12. I only got 13 or 14 down, so I missed one or two somewhere. 15. Perfect. I missed one or two somewhere. They're not all we're talking about. No, they're not, I, I don't even need to talk about all of them, period. I'll, I I broke them down into a useful, a flavorful, and a never-going-to-use category. Um. Okay. What category does the chef fall into? That is in the flavorful category. Okay. I disagree. <laughs> Why? It's very, I can fun. make it's... treats that give temporary hit points. Yeah, it's flavorful. That's so great. Equal to your proficiency bonus. Eight little treats. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Eight. No, wait. No, you make the treats. I'm sorry. Eight hours after being made. Sorry. Equal to your proficiency bonus. Yes. You make two that will give two temporary hit points at a low level. 
Okay. I thought I could make eight. I had the no, number just no, but my notes. as part of a short rest, you make snacks for everybody to eat and they get an extra. D- it's like a better song of rest. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not great. No. I wish it increased your constitution and wisdom by one. <laughs> Agreed. But that would be way too overpowered. So, so that's why I put it in the flavorful cat. It's fun. It's it's silly. Like I had a, a, when uh, when Jussie DM'd that one time, I had a character that was a chef. They were a mark of hospitality halfling bard that just wanted to cook and make people happy. Yes, that this checks out. So this was them seeing Jester on Critical Role and saying, "Hey, let's make a feat." It's fun. It's cute. Yeah. All right. So hit me with your hit me with your categories. So useful. I, I put the ones that do things: crusher, gunner, piercer, poisoner, and slasher. Now, I w- only want to address Piercer, really. Okay, go ahead. Because you can re-roll your damage dice with a piercing weapon. Mm-hmm. You roll one of the attack's damage dice. Yeah, but what piercing weapon has multiple damage dice? None, but I just I, we got to clarify that. You don't know. Oh, you're saying like a sneak attack. Okay. Yeah. And when you score a critical hit that deals piercing damage, you can roll an additional damage die. When determining the extra piercing damage, Which I cool. think this is a pretty good feat. I yeah. Um, what I was looking at, let me see if I can find it. Um, now, obviously, this applies to, like slasher and crusher as well. So, I was like, so um, crusher I loved because when you score a critical hit that deals bludgeoning damage to a creature, attack rolls against that creature are made with advantage until the start of your next turn. That's pretty great. That's that's fucking incredible. Yeah, I mean. The, the the rarity with critical hits though both of these very rare but it's incredible and then when you combine that with slasher when you score a critical hit that deals slashing damage you grievously wound the creature until the start of your next turn the target has disadvantage on all of their attack rolls i love that so you're a fighter i'm a fighter you're a crusher i'm a slasher together we're taking this guy down or i'm a two weapon fighting dwarf that has a bludgeoning and a slashing weapon. Ah. Now, here's the problem with D&D 5th edition. Go get them. I can't, like, really improve my odds of getting a critical unless no. there's, like, there's, there's, like, one class ability that does that. Yeah, the champion. Yeah. Uh, Which but is there, there are, like, there are, there's other subclasses. There's little subclasses here and there, but there's not a lot. You hit 18 and 20 as a champion, or that you can hit 19 and 20 every once in a while. But, like... You know, that just it just kind of feels bad, man, when every when ninety nine percent of class characters all have the same five percent chance of hitting a critical. I think the reason they did that was to make it feel special. It felt special when I was rolling fourteen to twenty with my improved no, critical that, that thing. No 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 no. But that that's that's too much. When you're critting on a fourteen twenty, like I, I agree. I I mean everyone used to do the improved crit kukri fighter yeah but yeah that's just too much man yeah there's no such thing as too much in D. That, that was that was that was too much all right what about your middle category the flavorful ones i put the chef the fey touched the artificer initiate and the eldritch adept now we covered the chef the other ones sound do exactly what they sound like did you say metamagic adept no I did not. I thought. Oh, you said Eldritch Adept. Okay. Yeah, I said Fey touched Artificer Initiate and Eldritch Adept. So I didn't write notes about Eldritch Adept. It's it's exactly what it sounds like. You get an Eldritch Invocation. Okay. So it's 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 like 
warlock light. Like maybe you're interested in becoming a warlock someday, but you're not too sure. So you kind of just take this to see how it feels. With you have to have spellcasting or packed magic feature. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. It's it's it doesn't actually do a great deal, but it's flavor. I actually like that though, because it essentially turns it expands the feet list mm-hmm. to 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 end to like way out there right suddenly all spellcasters their feat list is expanded to include a lot more yeah right because invocations do a lot of shit a lot of some some of them are quite good especially at higher levels right so if you meet the prerequisites suddenly the feat list is expanded it's almost double yeah and that's what i was thinking with this is it's flavorful because you know not a lot of people take fourth or eighth level feats you're getting your stats up at that point but 12th level 16th level yeah maybe you're interested what in... about a fighter who has spells who has a lot of feats well i mean you know, just... i mean what kind of madness can you cook up madness. with a fighter who Pure takes madness. this and gets eldritch invocations so um i liked uh i like the fate touch only because it gives you uh missy step and and one first level spell of your choice uh it has to be divination or enchantment um but you can cast each of those spells without spending a spell slot so I thought I was I like that. Uh, anytime you can cast spells without spell slots, I think is helpful. Uh, I can see a warlock taking this to increase your charisma and get these spells. So, okay, uh, let's do your last category there, so we can touch some other stuff. Uh, the never gonna use uh, shadow touched skill expert telekinesis and telepathic skill expert. It's exactly what it sounds like. You gain proficiency in a skill, and you gain expertise in another skill. Or, okay. no, not, or that same skill, whichever one you prefer. So if an ability score increase is worth to you proficiency and expertise. Then it makes sense. But then yes, but otherwise. Silliness. No. What were the other silliness. ones? You said shadow Telekinetic, touched? telepathic, shadow touched. Uh, you don't like getting invisibility? I don't. I, I wish that it was greater invisibility. Regular invisibility, I don't think is that great. I don't. Okay. Don't we have feet versatility? Can't we change our feats out whenever we want? Uh, probably. So know. at low levels, can't I just have this for invisibility and change it later as it sucks? Yeah, probably. I think feet versatility was something we covered early on in the very beginning. Sure. Why not? You just change whatever you want. No change whatever you want. Do whatever no you want. No one cares. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Uh, uh, okay. Let, let's, were, were we there only have a couple other feats that you want to talk about real fast? No, we only have a couple minutes left. So let's go to the next section. Okay, uh, we can skip group patrons. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't care. I don't. I'm not doing a group patron. I mean, you do, but I like in our current campaign, we have a queen that gives missions and shit every once in a while. Yeah, I don't. It is what it is. It is what it's, it is. It's it's, it's self-explanatory. Do you want to talk about spells? I want to talk about magic items. Let's talk about magic items. Because I I want to I want I want to hear what you have to say about magic tattoos. I fucking hate magic tattoos. I don't mind magic tattoos. It's fucking stupid. We've think, been over this. I think they provide some flavor, new ways to provide magical effects without using the same fucking items over and over and over again. So. This is just a way for nerds to think they're edgy. Hey, I am edgy. I don't that's, have to think it. That's all this fucking is. That's all this is. Like, well, my character has magical touch. It's all it is. I, I see it. I mean, yeah, th- th- fine. A- aesthetics aside, I like the idea of getting these abilities getting these you know um boosts these stats you know whatever you want to call them um without having to 
you know, wear the same fucking items that I always wear. You know? I, so you have I, a tattoo in real I, life. Yeah, I right? do. You, you have many. I have several. You ever hear anybody walk up to you and say, you know, that's permanent, right? No, no, because mine is pretty much covered all the time. My yeah, wife has a tattoo. I got it for me and me alone. On her foot. Uh-huh. And we were, I forget where we were, but somebody dropped something or something, and they looked at her foot I said, oh, is that a tattoo? She said, yeah. She said, yours are permanent, right? Some stranger had the gall to say something to a stranger about their body. And I thought, I la- we laugh. We still say it to this day because it's funny because it's like, yeah, we fucking know that tattoos are permanent. Do you know what magical tattoos are not? Uh, permanent. They're not fucking permanent. You, you, till... As soon as you unattune from them, they're gone. They just turn into a magic quill or some shit. And you can give it to someone else. To and the needle to. reappears in your space. Yeah. You can, just, you can just take your tattoos off. Which means they're not that edgy anymore. No. This is so fucking stupid. It's, Everything, it's... every implementation of magical tattoos ever is fucking stupid. That is the one thing that I dislike about it is that you can remove the tattoos. I don't like that. Because I love the idea of, you know... Somebody has to get something really crazy that goes up their entire fucking arm. And maybe they're a monk or barbarian, so they don't really cover it ever. So it's very noticeable that they have it. But the idea that they can just take it off and hide it if they need to, I don't like that. There was a whole class in third edition that was tattoo magic. I forget what it was. Uh, I don't remember. It was something. It was, but it was very specific. You had to be that, and that was fucking stupid. I never did it. So magical tattoos um, should have to be tattoos on your face of someone else's face that are unremovable. I don't know about all that, but sure. like, like Steve-O getting his own face tattooed on 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 his, back. on his back. Yeah, which he regrets to this day. I am against this. I will always be against it. I think it's fucking dumb. And it's just trying to be edgy, and people need to get over themselves. Hey. If you want a tattoo, go get a fucking tattoo. Hey, those cost money. These are free. I know. Tattoos are so expensive. So expensive. It's <laughs> so stupid. Like, my little one that took, like, 45 minutes was, like, 80 bucks. I know. Well, that's cheap. I know. It was a great that's deal. That's practically nothing. It was a great deal, and the lady did great work. She actually did one of yours, too. I think she did yeah, your she dice. Did. No. No? She did my bear. bear. She did your bear, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think she works sometimes. In a city that your parents are from, yeah. Uh, she does. Which uh, there are several people uh, I used to know that do tattoos there, and I wonder if there's any crossover there. Probably. It's very strange. Probably. Anyways, other magic items. Other items. So the other ones are fine. You know, nothing too crazy. I like actually that they made a lot of artifacts for this book. And yes, the reason that I like all of the artifacts is because. Making a powerful magic object is very difficult in terms of balance. And it oftentimes doesn't work out because something goes amiss and something gets gets lost in translation and the PC does this with it and it's like, well, I guess you can and then the world blows up. So you, Tyler, you do a very good job of balancing powerful homebrewed magic items. And I know we've discussed in the past, but compared to some of the artifacts you see in this book, do you have any advice or any ideas based on what you've seen in this book? Uh, what do you mean, advice or ideas for whom? Like for for the listening audience when they're making when they read this book, they get inspired to make their own artifacts and legendary items. I mean, I don't often make artifacts and legendary items because the temptation 
is there to make it too good. It is what it is. Like, when you look at artifacts as they exist in the game currently, they're good. They're really good, but they're not game-breaking good. Mm-hmm. And the temptation when you make your own is to make them game-breaking good. So my, my suggestion is always just to scale back your idea. You can always add powers later. Unlocking powers. I like it. Yeah, you can uh, even even if you like say, "Oh, suddenly your artifact does something else." Like your player will never even know, and that would be fun for them. They'll be like, "Oh, I did something enough that okay, great." Now, the especially if it's an intelligent magic item, that but I was gonna say the problem is that you know it unlocks after they kill somebody. They're like, "Oh, I must have killed like my hundredth person. If I kill another hundred, maybe I'll get something else." Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> you have to use a little discretion there, um, but that besides that, it should have a unique ability okay that's that's the big thing you don't want your artifact to just do what every other artifact does yeah you don't want it to just be a plus one whatever that also does this i uh i was on as you know the reddits recently you do read it a lot and uh somebody posted their magic item i wonder if i can find it it was a a rare magic item uh-huh and it was a short sword. Okay. I remember the rarity. Rare. Yeah, rares, you know. Okay. You have gold. a plus three to attack and nope, damage rolls nope, made with this magic nope. weapon. While on a ship. Right, it's a pirate's sword. Okay, still say nope. Go ahead. X marks the spot as the ability. When you land an attack, you can use your bonus action to slash a magical X into the target, dealing no damage but marking them. All attacks against the mark creature have advantage. The marks last for one minute. And only one creature can be marked at a time. Okay, that's still not a rare item. What rarity would you think it would be? At least very. I mean, that's like a 5,000 gold item. That's an incredibly powerful item. Yeah. I don't think I would put it at legendary because it's very niche. Like, do you have to be on the sea to use the X, X mark ability no. too? No. You can use that anywhere. And is that a limit per day of how many times you can do just that? Just one, just one. It's like Hunter's Mark, one thing at a time. Yeah, but at Hunter's Mark, I'm limited by the number of spells I have. Nope, just any time you're fighting. Uh, yeah, I don't like that. Essentially, every target you're fighting, all attacks have advantage against them. Yeah, I don't like that. It's a legendary ability. I mean, that's beyond legendary. That's no. Right, that's, that's a game breaking ability. Like and when I commented, this is a legendary weapon. Everybody did not like that. <laughs> yeah. Everybody disagreed with me. Yeah, because they want to use it. It's fucking insane. So, all right, we're gonna try to wrap this up. Hit me with your hit me with your big points. Big points on Tasha's in general and the journey we've been through, or about the remaining shit to talk about. Uh let's see. What is remaining, anyways? The only other stuff I have anything on is session zero and sidekicks. Big points on session zeros. I have always been somewhat opposed to session zeros. But yes. that is because I myself put a lot of work into my characters before the game starts. But as I've come to learn through painful trial and error, that doesn't always translate to a character that works well within the rest of the group, which should be the goal of any adventuring group. So I still fully endorse people getting ideas and character concepts prior to session zero, but I think that character creation itself should be focused on in session zero so that everyone makes a group that actually works as a group. So you're now more in favor of a 
I, I am more in favor of it since last time we talked about it, which was probably like a year ago. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I, I am in more in favor of it, especially after the uh, the last time before we restarted because the campaign was going badly. Yeah. How do you feel about the social contract? I mean, did they actually specify shit in it? Yeah, they, they respect... You should respect each other. Yeah, I People mean, can kick you from the fucking table, listen yeah. to each other, support each other. So they I had, think... They, they felt they had to write this shit down. I think the reason that they did that was for... Again, this book is a lot of stuff for new players. Yeah. Like, a lot of the stuff in here that anyone that's played, they know this shit. They've already lived through this shit. But, yeah, I I... I it's fine, you know. It's 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 better that they write it so that they can say, if somebody says, "Why haven't you told anyone about this?" We did. It's in our book. Yeah, it's a little late though. <laughs> it's a lot late. The damage is done. The horror stories are out there. I know RPG horror stories subreddit for everybody there. Um, but you know, you and I, we've all played with randos. I honestly haven't had a bad experience yet, so I'm lucky. Uh, that one time we went to that one bar and played was a little awkward. Yeah, it was it wasn't bad though. Like there was that one guy that sucked. That one guy was really really weird. Yeah, but everyone agreed that he sucked, so it was yeah. okay. All right, there is a plenty of little things that we didn't cover in the back half of this because I think we're done with I that book. Much more to cover: environmental hazards, parlaying with yes, okay, on parlaying with monsters. Of course, you can always shoot. You should always be able to talk your way out of something, or at least be able to try. But nine times out of ten, like. You're not talking your way out of a fight with a fucking owlbear. Like, come the fuck on. Yeah. It, uh, I agree with you. This is a book meant to, to take somebody who was not a DM and turn them into one by showing them the way. Yes. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Okay. Speaking of the last episode of The Mandalorian. So much fun. I don't really know how I feel about the ending, though. I don't think you really like The Mandalorian. I don't really. I, I don't get that impression. I think I've discovered that I don't really care for the Star Wars movies or television shows. Yeah, I don't think you like Star Wars that much. I love the Star Wars universe and the video games and the concepts and the and the stories. I just don't think the movies are executed well. Whatever, we're not going <laughs> to... On our next podcast... On, our, on my next podcast, uh, 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 Rolling with the Force... Star uh, Wars Wars. Star, Star Wars. <laughs> All right. We're done with Tasha's. Maybe we'll talk about it more later, but we're done with Tasha's. I don't know what we're going to talk about now. I'm, I'm blown away. Yeah, we'll get back to regularly scheduled programming, everybody. And random-ass topics. Yeah. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter, at the Twitter, at RWD Podcast. Um, rate the show wherever you found it. Five stars, thumbs up, whatever. Um, and send us your thoughts and D&D rants at rwdpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, until next time, people. You fucking stole my last line. Okay, rephrase. We'll see you next time. Till then. (laughs) Goodbye.